Six of Swords, transition, mental healing, retreat, support, moving, travel over water. When this card appears, you are moving away or planning to move away from psychological pain or confusion. This could mean that you are physically moving away from something destructive, such as ending an abusive relationship or moving away from friends who enable abusive behaviour. You may be going away on a trip, especially over water, to gain a new perspective on a difficult situation. The Six of Swords could also mean that you are gaining psychological distance from trouble by exploring your subconscious or gaining distance from the situation to get a wider perspective. This is a time of transition and change is often difficult. Once you make it to the other side, however, you will feel great relief thinking of what you have left behind. Hmm. Interesting. Does that resonate with you in any way? There are a few things actually, yeah, that resonate there. Um, Yeah, the last year there was a lot of changes um, in my life. So moving away from things and moving on towards other things. um, And also the the travelling over water thing. um, Yeah, I want to be doing a lot more travel over the next year or two, so... This, this is it. This 2020. Is it. 2020 yeah. is the year for you travelling over this water. Welcome to Fuck You Tarot Lady episode number 14. My guest today is Andrea Daniel mm-hmm. slash Lucy Fur. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Thank for coming you. on the show. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Now, um, you're you're a new friend of mine. You're someone that just popped into my life all of a sudden. You yep. just seem to be everywhere all the time. Yep. And it's one of those things where I'm like, are you one of those people that you're always around? And I never like was, you know, when there's just people around the scene and you're like, yeah, I was at that show. And you're like, oh, where you? Fuck. You yeah. know, like, oh, yeah. it's funny how the scene is kind of like small in your own little world. But there's like also hundreds of other people at that show as well. And there you just don't know them. There are so many people I see at shows that I still don't know to this day. I've got to do something. Maybe 2020, I need to do something about that and yeah. just like go up and just start talking to people because I see them everywhere. You know? Yeah. So, so hmm. like, But then you see them on the street and you're like, oh, I've seen that person at a show before. But I'm not yeah. Gonna are they going to know who I am? Maybe I won't say anything. Maybe they'll be like, I heard you on the podcast. It was great. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's jump straight in. You you you, you as I, I said, I think the first time you kind of blew me away was when I saw you on stage with Burn the Hostages mm-hmm. when you guys opened for I Hate God. Yep. Um, that must have been a pretty surreal experience. Tell us about uh, how Burn the Hostages came about. Okay. Um, so so Burn the Hostages. Um, I first of all I was playing in a band called Spawn, um, and then. Uh, we kind of went our separate ways and then I wasn't doing anything for a while musically and um, then I met Jason Fuller through Dave Haley and we jammed on some other stuff um, and then didn't do anything for a while and then I got a message from him um, about six months later and he said uh I have this thing that you might be interested in and he's like have a listen to burn the hostages on Spotify and I had a listen and I was just like, oh my God, like second song in, I was like, yep, I'm in, I am in, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, they those guys had recorded an EP, um, Aaron, the guitarist, had played drums 
and um geez he's a talented little bastard isn't he, he is he yeah he, yeah he's got his finger in a lot of pies um <laughs> but yeah so they were planning on doing some shows and they needed a drummer obviously and so yeah he asked if i wanted to do it and i was like hell yeah and um then yeah we ended up supporting i hate god which was <laughs> just like <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that was like a dream. For You're me. wearing an I Hate God shirt right now oh, as yeah. we're having this conversation. I am. Too. I totally didn't realize, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back a little bit there because you've just you just name dropped two very big names when you just said, "Oh, Dave Haley introduced me to Fuller." Like they're two mm. big names in the Australian music scene. How mm-hmm. did you? How do you know Dave, and how did that all come about? Like. You know, that you made that sound way too casual. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he's an old mate. No, um, so um, I used to, so I used to play drums like about 20 years ago or something. And then. Wait, 20 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Don't do the math on like my age. You were playing when you were six. Yeah, yeah that's it. Exactly. I started young. Um, so I was playing that long ago and then. When I got into tattooing, I actually stopped playing drums because um, tattooing was just too full on. It kind of took all my time. And yeah, unfortunately, drumming took a back seat. Um, But then more recently, in like the last few years, um, I've gotten back into drumming again and I started having drum lessons off Dave Haley. Ah, So yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And then he saw a spark in you and was like, oh, you need to play in this band that Fuller wants you for. He was always pushing me from the beginning to start playing with other musicians and jamming with people. He's like, yeah, it's really important that you do that. I'm like, yep, all right, cool. Every time I went in for a lesson, he's like, have you hooked up a jam yet? And I'd be like, oh, no. But <laughs> um, yeah. What's um What's Dave like as a as a drum teacher? Like he was on the previous podcast. He's definitely coming on this new podcast, Dave. Coming for you, mate. But Sick. like, yeah, describe because he's quite a very calm, very zen like person. Does he? Yeah, he is. Is he still zen in, in a teaching mode as well? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's um actually had a lesson with him yesterday. Sick. Um And it's not just about you know the technical side of playing drums. It's also a bit of the psychological side as well. Like. Um, I don't know, that self-doubt that you have sometimes and trying to talk yourself out of it. And he's always really, really good with that kind of stuff and, like, encouraging you to, you know, not to talk yourself out of it and stuff. Yeah, he's really, really good with that. That's fantastic. Mm. So you've come back into the world of drums straight into this super group, I guess you would you would say. You'd call oh. Bernhaus a super group, right? Yeah, Everyone definitely. Everyone in there has got a pretty sorted past. You yeah. Know, lots of big bands there. Yeah. Um, do you want to give the listeners a bit of an insight as to where everyone came from? Uh, yeah, so I guess Jason's probably most well-known for um, Blood Duster um, and Rowan for Extortion. Aaron plays in Mental Cavity and I Exist and he's also just joined Extortion as well. Sick. So, um, yeah. A lot I just, of pies. I feel, yeah, I feel extremely lucky to be playing with those guys, like so much experience between all of them and yeah i've just been learning heaps from them so it's been awesome like learning what kind of stuff like just how to be a pro in the music scene or pretty like much yeah even just um like uh the writing process and like just jamming together like i hadn't really done a hell of a lot of that kind of stuff like writing in particular before so um yeah it's been really helpful working with those guys yeah 
Yeah. And obviously Dave must be stoked now because you're yeah. jamming. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> There's no excuses. You're no. like, yeah, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing everything that's I need it. to do. Exactly. That's cool. So how long that's, has that been a thing for now? Like how long have you been in Burn the Hostages for? Um, when we start, it was towards the end of last year, I think. Um, no, we had our first gig in September, end of September last year. Wow. So I think we started jamming in maybe August or July or August last year. Yeah. That's great. What a great mm. way for you to come back into the world of drums and just thrown straight into that. And then yeah. a couple of months later, oh, you're playing with I Had God as well. I know. Yeah. Slightly shitting myself about that one, but it was just, ah, oh, it was the most amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And it hasn't stopped there because you've also got a new band as well. You're mm. also drumming in, mm-hmm. which makes sense because drummers are hard to find in the music scene. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously they've someone seen you and gone, right, we need to snag Andrea for our band as well. So tell us about the other band that you're also in. So I've just started playing with a band called Religious Observance and um, that's really exciting too because I've loved that band for ages. They're awesome and they're good friends as well. Um, Yeah, Wayne um, approached me a little while ago saying that their drummer may have been leaving possibly and would I be interested in jamming with them if that was to happen and I was like, hell yeah, totally. And then, um, yeah, it happened and he's like, do you want to jam with us? Like, for sure. So, yeah. So, you're being a, y- a yes person at the moment, just saying yes yeah. to things. Yeah, as scary as it is, yeah, absolutely. I won't turn down anything, pretty much. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so, if third third band people, if someone wants Andrew to be in a third band, hit her up. She'll probably yeah. say yes. So, yep. Yeah, probably. cool. <laughs> um, we talked uh, briefly at, where were we? Was it New Year's at the Bendigo, I think? Yeah. And you were saying that it's a bit more difficult when you know, the more time you spend on band and more time you spend like practicing and jamming, less time you have for work. So I think mm-hmm. I'd like to explore work-life balance with you or like, I guess, a creative versus monetary, you know, kind uh. of. So like, how do, you, how do you find the time to balance doing something creative and fun like doing drums, which, you know, doesn't pay yeah. as much as it should. Yeah. Everyone understands in band world that you're not making any money. Exactly. Um, and how do you kind of balance that with work? Um, it's hard, i got to admit. Um, I have kind of, yeah, cut back a little bit on my work to allow for the band stuff. But, you know, I, I'm just, I guess, budgeting a little better these days or something. Um, I'm getting by. I'm doing a few other little um, odd jobs. Like I was doing roadie work for a while and um, I do a bit of acting stuff as well. So I'm Ooh. just kind of... That's on the yeah. bottom of my list there. By oh, the way, right. Okay. Which cool. we're going to get into later. But tell All us about right. the roadie stuff. What would you do? Like drum tech or? So I was working, well, I kind of still am working for a company called Lock and Load. Um, and we just go and um, set up for festivals and concerts and all sorts of stuff, actually. Like it's not just music related stuff, but um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of other stuff as well. But um, I was doing that for a while and then I started having a few shoulder issues so I had to stop doing that and I want to get back into it. But um, yeah, maybe soon I'll get back into that. So are you lifting a lot of stuff? Is that the problem? Like it's Yeah, it's really, really heavy work. Like a lot of pushing road cases, lifting road cases and yeah, all sorts of things. Like I can imagine when you say festival, I'm imagining like trucks full of road cases that you got to like unload. So and many, yeah. Like there's, they have a forklift to do a lot of it, but not all of it. Um, Where does the forklift come from? Is that in the truck as well? 
Because um, I would love to imagine that they roll that out first and then they... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's usually a forklift at... Just say we're doing a gig at the airport. There'll be a couple of forklifts at the airport. A gig at the airport? Yeah, so um, just say a big artist like... Who did we do? Um, we did like Foo Fighters. So they had like trucks and trucks worth of stuff. Um and when they're flying to another city, they will go to the airport and then you load all the stuff onto pallets to go onto the plane to go to the next city. Yeah. Whoa. So it's fun. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is really fun. I think a lot of band people listening right now are probably thinking, fuck, how good would that be to just load all your gear onto a pallet and, like, wrap yeah. it up and then just send yeah. it off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of being at the Virgin check-in with your excess baggage. Yeah. Fuck. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sad times. Um, uh, what else can I talk about? Um, we've covered we've we've covered heaps of stuff already, and I wanted to like savor some of these things. And oh you've no. already mentioned like no, it's fine because you've already mentioned uh, your job as well. Let's talk about tattooing. You've been a tattooer oh, for how yeah. long? So I've been a tattooer for it'll be about twenty years this year. Yeah, because you started when you yeah. were six. Yeah, yeah. I did cool. before I was even legal to you know get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So like. I'm I'm trying to imagine your origins because like you know tattooist doing drums into all this like rad music like where give us a bit of your origin story where did you come from like how did you get into all this stuff? Um, so I guess um, the music stuff probably came from um, my older brother um, just like going through his record collection and that kind of thing and he was always hanging out with um, his friends were all in bands and that kind of thing and. Um, he had a bunch of bands play in my parents' backyard for his 21st birthday and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I've just always kind of um, admired that kind of thing from there. And what kind of genres? Like, what are we talking Like, at this, at this 21st party where there's bands playing in the backyard, like, what are we, what it are we was, hearing? It was metal, yeah. Like, it was loud and apparently it could be heard about three streets away. Yeah, so it was loud. Um, yeah. So my brother's always been into metal and then, yeah, I just kind of got into it um, from him. What kind of bands are we talking about? Like what era are we talking? Uh, like Pantera, that yeah. kind of stuff. I remember stealing his Pantera records and like um, Metallica and um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Megadeth, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And where'd you grow up? Are you Melbourne based originally? Are you from here? Or? Yeah, I grew up in Ferntree Gully. See. Yeah, out near the hills. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> So a nice suburban fern tree gully life, but with mm. like Pantera blaring in the... Exactly. Liven it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. And how did you get into art stuff? Because I feel like most tattooers... How did tattooers start being tattooers? Do they start as like like artists, as like painting or drawing? Or like wh- where was your kind of passion and where did that start and how did that lead to tattooing? Um, so how did that... So I, I was a, always into art. I did art at, um, at school, but I was sort of more into music. But then at high school, I didn't have music classes. They, I think they introduced music at high school the year after I left or something like that. So, yeah, it sucked. Um, so I was into visual art and drama as well. I did a lot of drama. I did like VCE drama. I and, also did VCE drama. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe you could get away with like that's that was school like that was yeah you just like screw around with your mates and like do your plays and stuff and it's like oh, this is I'm I'm allowed to do this yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble it was like fun actually mm. fun 
What kind of stuff did you do? In drama? Yeah. Oh God, I can't what was it like? Did you have to do like a final, like a VCE performance, like a yeah. solo thing? Yeah, I did. I can't even remember what I did now. It was, yeah, a while ago. Um, I was hoping you going to give me some lines from it or something, like still oh, up there. No, no, <laughs> I cannot remember that at all. Um, I passed, I think, so that's about all. I must have been all right, I think. <laughs> yeah. But studio art as well. So what is studio art like? Um, what are you doing in that? Are you painting in studio yeah, art? Yeah, drawing and painting, all of that, a um, bit of printmaking. And then um, when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I was just working a shitty part-time job for a while. And I think we all did that. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then I ended up getting a job in a tattoo studio. I started piercing first, piercing in a tattoo studio. And um, then I ended up, yeah, just getting an apprenticeship tattooing from there. And then I went back to art school after that and just redid a, you know, uh, did a course and like printmaking and painting and ceramics and um, photography, all sorts of things. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. getting into that tattoo studio kind of revitalized your love for art. It did. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's really cool. Definitely. And oh man, so so when you first start tattooing, I imagine you know everyone has their own style. Everyone has a kind of flair or a flavor that people may come to you for. Like yeah. at the start, how do you find your tattooing voice you know like were you just kind of i assume it's like music that you have influences that you wear very much on your sleeve and then you kind yeah. of it evolves and changes was there someone yeah. or certain people that you like kind of gravitated towards um when i first started i guess i mean uh, there was no kind of instagram or anything like that back then so i i was just looking through t- how did anyone have how did anyone prove they had tattoos then if there was no instagram like, um, they had to just wear them on their arms. And yeah, stuff. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Even um, before the internet, like if you <laughs> like, this is talking about <laughs> tattooists, if they you know needed a reference for something and they saw a tattoo on someone else, they'd just take a photo of the tattoo. Um, yeah, but when I started, yeah, I was just looking at tattoo magazines and um, yeah just kind of seeing what I liked. But when I first started, it was kind of a matter of just doing pretty much whatever came in the door, just to build up a clientele and kind of, with my apprenticeship, um, it was a little bit different back then. I had to kind of do all um, styles and just, yeah, find what I liked the best or whatever. Um, So I did a lot of stuff which I didn't particularly like, but it was all part of it. And then um, as What kind of stuff do you not like doing in tattoos? I don't want to throw any uh-huh. tattoo lovers under the bus for certain styles. I don't want to like start a fight or anything with tattooists. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what what don't you enjoy, or what do you enjoy doing? What I probably enjoy the most these days is like Western traditional, like old school sort of, I guess sailor influenced stuff. Um, yeah, just bold lines, um, a lot of black shading. Um, yeah, bold will hold, as they say. So anything really bold, um, I like to do. Um, tradition, yeah, old school traditional stuff influence. Excellent. What that you, you know, you said you've been tattooing for twenty years. What mm. are the kind of trends or styles or things that have come and gone that you've noticed in the, that time? Because that's a really long time to to kind of see how the world of tattooing has changed. I assume completely it's, in that time, yeah, right? Like it's changed a lot. So like. Yeah. Could you give me some point of reference as to like what would be 
what was all the rage say 20 years ago versus now or like you know has some stuff come almost it, you're almost at a point where some stuff would come back into vogue it, it from definitely <laughs> has yeah like yeah. wizards and that kind of stuff wizards and castles like that fantasy stuff stuff that's definitely back so that was so that was there and then it was gone and now it's yep. back yep what yeah. were people doing for the last 20 years not tattooing wizards on themselves i don't know like i don't know why they weren't they're cool <laughs> <laughs> are we talking like Gandalf, like a hat and a big beard kind of wizard? Like or what kind of, you know, like yeah, a cloak? Yeah, like a purple cloak kind of thing, big beard and like lots of like um, lightning and that kind of stuff. It's cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. That's excellent. So that's gone and then come back around. Yeah. What were you kind of doing in the interim when no one was doing wizards? What were people mm-hmm. getting instead? What was, what was hanging around? So I guess Tribal went through a big... Um, thing mainly in the 90s i guess um then there was like biomechanical stuff um, was a big thing for a while and then what else japanese has always been around um which is awesome like my i've actually got my whole back is a japanese um piece which i got done by a, a japanese guy who does traditional hand poke so it's all you got your whole back done with a hand poke yeah how yeah. long did that take? Um, it took about two or three years, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was straight. Two, that's <laughs> yeah, we didn't stop for three years. Um, he, because he lives in Japan, so he would come over here like once a year, and um, I would book out like maybe five sessions while he was here in you know, a couple of weeks, and just get it done. And yeah, it's finished now. It's finished. Yeah. Sick. Obviously it takes a lot longer that way, but it looks awesome. So stoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So you, so you mentioned, uh, you said biomechanical before. I can only imagine that's like dudes or, or girls getting like a, when I say dudes, I got listeners. I'm always mean everyone. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to yell at me. It's 2020. Um, but biomechanical I assume that's like HR Giga kind of stuff that like, kind of vibe yeah I remember a bunch of metal dudes years ago that was all the rage getting like a Giga style yeah. thing on your arm or whatever it's yeah. like yeah it looks fucking sick yeah yeah it looks pretty <laughs> sick yeah is that, do the, is that does that age you know do certain tattoo styles age more than others um yeah I guess I mean there is it's debatable like there are styles that don't have um a lot of bold line work um which i'm not sure you know and how bold well, won't hold so bold, yeah exactly you know like um i don't know how well they age probably not as well and especially if they're in the sun a lot as well they're gonna fade and if they don't have the lines to kind of you know hold it all together and yeah keep it bold it's gonna yeah not hold up as well so. mm, very interesting so you're talking to a sc- Clean skin at the moment. I oh, really? Literally no tattoos. I should have brought my stuff home to tattoo <laughs> here on the podcast. <laughs> should have done that. And I'm not opposed to tattoos, listeners. Like, it will happen at some point. But I just... My tastes and my own... As, as we just discussed, like, things change and things kind of ebb and flow. And it's like, I don't want to get anything that's like... I don't want to get a tribal tattoo, you know? Like, yeah. what happens if I got that then? And then I'd be like, oh, no. And I was so... Uh, what's the word? Undecided, I guess, growing up. Yeah. That I was like, Ugh. And then... I guess if we're talking about this, I guess it's probably a good time to bring it up. But, um, like, tattoo culture used to be, like, an alternative thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's not an alternative no, thing. No, it's not. And that was kind of the click point for me was when I was, like, growing up as a teenager in the metal scene and stuff and being like, yeah, I'm going to totally get heaps of tattoos. Yep. And then you started seeing, like, 
tradies and like footy players having tattoos. Yeah. I was kind of like, oh, oh no, like yeah. they've stolen it from us. And all celebrities as well, like celebrities that have tattoos, like Maroon Five dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know the singer from Maroon Five. He was like got shirtless at Super Bowl and had a bunch of tattoos. Oh uh, like, yeah. All right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even people um, seeing celebrities' tattoos and bringing in photos and wanting that exact tattoo as Whoa, well because really? the celebrity has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know how many times I've had people bring in like the David Beckham, you know, <laughs> like angel with the wings and the sleeve and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. And Rihanna as well. She's What's she a, got? Uh, what has she got? Um, this is a fun segment now called Celebrities <laughs> and What Tattoos They Have. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember what she's... I think she's got some lettering on her neck and a bunch of other stuff as well. She's got some hand tattoos. Wow. Yeah. So you literally... It's like a haircut of a celebrity when you bring it into the haircut. It's just like that with tattoos. Yep. We want, I want exactly that. Yep. No variation? Mm, no. Wow. Often, yeah, they don't. It's weird. That's very but weird. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes people just want uh, something also that has meaning to them as well, which is cool as well, but I don't think you have to get something with meaning. I think people put a lot of emphasis on that where I think meaning enough is if you like something visually, just get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good for business too. Yeah. (laughs) Don't overthink it. Just get it. (laughs) Just get the tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you're mainly working in the traditional style, bold, Mm -hmm. black shading. Um, Do people come to you now after, after all that time tattooing? I feel like you'd have a bit of a a legacy, right? Like people would know to come to you for that kind of style or like, do you get to do that a lot now or? Um, Yeah. I mean, I could still do more definitely of that style. Like I still do a little bit of other stuff too, but um, everything I post on my Instagram is pretty much all the stuff that I want to promote more, I guess, like the traditional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about Instagram because you mentioned that before that, you know, I'm assuming the world of tattooing has changed dramatically because of Instagram Mm. what what's changed about it because of Instagram it depends a little bit on like I'm not great with social media so maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot with that kind of thing so there's a certain way of portraying yourself as well and it can be a little bit about how you take photos as well and what's in the background and not necessarily on the tattoo itself and what you take, yeah, what you're taking the photo of. So, yeah. So it's, it's not to put words in your mouth, but what you're saying is sometimes you feel like maybe it's less about the art itself and more about like the kind of scene the or the way photo you market the, yourself. Yeah. I guess it can be a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think it's funny. Like over the years, being friends with people or working with people that have tattoos, and then you kind of start to see maybe where their influence comes, or you, you might see a tattoo on someone you're like oh that's really cool and then you see it on someone else like you were saying maybe like a celebrity or something and you're like yep. oh that's just that like, yeah but at the time when i first see it i'm like oh that's pretty cool mm. but i noticed what's what's really um you know what's really in with certain people like you know like maybe certain celebrities on instagram or whatever that have the tattoos and then that that really like sets the trend for a little while mm. you know like and i guess you're right i think i think i think social media has a huge part of what's driving culture now it does especially in like the tattoo world yeah it's massive and i think maybe yeah because i didn't have it when i first started i'm kind of still just like trying to adjust to that i don't know yeah maybe just technology in general i'm not great with yeah (laughs) you don't need it you know it's fine yeah you didn't need it before i'm a drummer as well like i don't have to plug things in and like yeah any of that sort of stuff 
Analog, for sure. Analog. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's coming up later. Um, uh, yeah, very interesting. Because, yeah, like, it's funny. Without having tattoos, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of look in on it like a total alien sometimes and just be like oh yeah well, mm. that's what's that's what's going on you mm. know and like because i'm just not when people talk about oh yeah you know that person from this tattooist i'm like no i, I don't like yeah. not that i don't care it's just that because i'm not it's not what i fill my instagram feed with mm. it's usually filled with memes so, <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing wrong with that exactly it's just where it's where your interests lie you yeah, know um so at the moment you're balancing doing a bit less tattooing so mm -hmm. you can focus more on drumming yep was there something I guess because it's a creative outlet, mm. but yeah. it's also still a job. Mm -hmm. Did did you find that you were needing to get back to drums after a while tattooing? Like, what was that moment when you were like, "I want to get back to drums. Like, I want to, I want to get back to music." I think um, a lot of it had to do with just going and seeing bands all the time, and every time I was at a show, I would just be like, "I want to be up there on stage. Like, I want to be doing that," you know. And then I, I would leave the show and be like, "Man, I just want to do that." So, um, so then you called Dave Haley to get some lessons. Yeah, and then I did. Yep. And it went from there. Excellent. Yeah. That worked out really well. Yeah. It's <laughs> Almost awesome. too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what's the difference between the two styles? Like Burn the Hostages is, it's like, it's very aggressive. Yep. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think I was talking with Aaron after the show when I saw you guys playing. He's like, yeah, we all kind of came from like hardcore kind of bands. So it's got that yep. kind of that aggression it does you know? yeah um do you play in a different style or like who are your kind of influences when you get in that zone when you're in that space do you think oh i'm just gonna play it this way or are you kind of uh kind of guided by the other members of the bands or do you kind of bring your own flavor like do you have to kind of improvise at the start when you get into these kind of situations or is it very here's the go um a little bit of everything really yeah just kind of um Again, I'm kind of still, you know, learning how to um, to jam and to write and everything. So um, I guess with uh, learning the songs, first of all, um, yeah, that was just getting a feel for the style and everything. And then starting to write with them was just completely different. So, um, yeah, and then I guess one big difference is the religious observance songs are a lot longer. So, so um, there's an energy there that you need to store so you don't get yeah, tired. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, got to keep some in re reserve. Um, but even just learning the songs was a bit of a mission. Um, but no, a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, great. Mm. So that they're, uh, they're both providing different things. Like, do you get something different from each band, or is there a bit like, like? is it just you get to play drums more or is it th there's they're kind of scratching different itches yeah i think um the religious observance is maybe i don't know perhaps a little slower in at times um and longer songs um and even just a matter of working with different people and different personalities and yeah it's it's pretty cool so yeah, so tell us about the difference between the two bands. Like they're obviously different sounding, different feeling. Like how do you feel when you play? Like what and, and like what what? Yeah, you talk about personalities before. Like mm. what are what are the personalities personalities you're kind of dealing with in that scenario? Um. So yeah. Um. Religious observance. So um, we rehearse a lot more. I guess um, every every week we'll rehearse and maybe like four hours at a time. Um, which is awesome and good for, I guess, increasing my 
stamina or whatever, endurance. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if you need to have some in the reserves, I feel like practicing that often with the yeah. band is going to make you... Yeah. But with Burn the Hostages, it's a bit more kind of, a bit more free-flowing. You don't practice as much or... We don't tend to practice as much, probably mostly because the other guys have their other stuff going on as well. So we'll get together if there's a show coming up and we'll, we'll rehearse for a couple of hours. Um, maybe, yeah, one or two rehearsals. Like go over the set a few times yeah, and just kind of keep yep. it fresh. Yeah, I think yep, that's a absolutely. pretty... I feel like everyone at this age and at this stage in the game when you're playing, like, you just probably don't have the time to do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, like, you totally. Know, um, and <laughs> we, we you, you listened to the Sam episode, the last one, like, we discussed yeah. that quite a bit. Like, yeah. when you get older and you have things to do, like, mm. spending a lot of time with a band a couple of times a week or something like that, it's not mm. really feasible when no. you've got jobs and careers and maybe like a dog or a kid or something at home you know yeah like, that's it it's you, like there's stuff you got to do other responsibilities yeah it's it um i try and get into the studio like most days anyway by myself if i can and just practice but um yeah and what do you do when you're practicing like do you just go over like do you just like set a metronome or do you like go over songs or like what's your kind of practicing regime um i'll go over songs and then i'll just do some other stuff so if there's something in a song like some like a technique that i'm working on for a song that i'm you know i need to work on some more i'll practice that for a while or um i'll practice at the moment i'm kind of practicing um improvising to just music um just to yeah do some different stuff and yeah yeah awesome that's great what are you what are you jamming to so when you're just like practicing on stuff like what are you listening to that you're drumming along to just uh like drumless tracks so um actually dave sent me a playlist of ones that he plays along to um and they're all different um tempos as well so you can practice fast stuff or slow stuff um yeah it's good to have a bunch of different stuff i actually really like um playing along to like sitar music it's just really fun to play along to yeah yeah and then are you trying to adapt to the sitar? Are you doing your own thing on top of that or like, you know? Uh, a little bit of both, but I like to kind of feel what suits the music and yeah, it's that's fun. All, that's awesome. Maybe there's another, maybe the third band can involve some sitar. I would love that. Yeah, I would totally love that. Do something like Om. Oh, that'd be mad. Sick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Any sitar players listening? If I could Please hit, hit me up. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic little... Mm. That, that could be a fun little side thing for you. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're already busy schedule with some more drums. Let's uh, do it. More than happy. <laughs> um, all right. I reckon, I reckon it might be time for some lightning round questions. What do you guys reckon? Sure. All right. So, first one, I already know because you said... <laughs> based on our conversation so far, you said... Analog or digital? Yeah, analog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what time did you wake up today? About seven o'clock this morning. Last thing you read? Uh, I've just started reading a book called, oh, what is it called? Um, Season of the Witch. Um, it's about how the occult saved rock and roll. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I've only just started it though, so... So it could end up being shit at the start it of the It possibly trip. could, but it's, it's good so far. I've read, like, the first chapter. So. Sick. Yeah. That sounds really great. Mm. I, love, I love rock and roll and, you know, a cult. Well, you can read it after me if you like. I would love that. I'll Thank pass you. it on. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> What's your first memory? Uh, uh, I don't even know. Um, 
can't remember back to... Um, there was no internet, though. That's for sure. No what? There was no internet, though. That's no, sure. no internet. Um, no, I don't know. Playing under the sprinkler as a kid. I don't know. Yeah? Yeah, just, yeah. that's awesome. Infantry yeah. Gully. Infantry Gully on the lawn. That's a, that's a wonderful memory. I'm into that. <laughs> I, I'm currently watering the lawns at the moment because it's fresh grass and I have to keep running underneath to like pull it or turn it off. Nice. And there is a really childlike wonder to yeah. just being like doing that, but then also being like, now I'm just wet. It's so fun. I don't know. I remember when they were having um, water restrictions and like kids just weren't allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, no, no like, slip and slide, no, no nothing. None yeah, that, none of that. Garbage. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee, definitely. Black? Mm, nah, I like almond milk in my coffee. Yeah, but no sugar. Very good. Uh, last thing you cooked? Last thing I cooked was a vegan, sugar-free uh, lime and poppy seed cake. Wow. It was, yeah, it's pretty nice. In the slow cooker. I cooked it in the slow cooker. How do you cook a cake in the slow cooker? Like, in, is it like a pan in there as well? Or is it, does the whole thing of the slow cooker becomes a cake? Yeah. Yeah, it just becomes the cake. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to quit sugar at the moment, so I'm trying to make a bunch of... Um, I've got the biggest sweet tooth ever. Oh, me and too. just trying to bun- cook a bunch of sweet things that don't have sugar in them. So and how do you do that? Like, what are the, what, what's the sweetener you put in instead of sugar? I use a lot of rice malt syrup, which is really nice, actually, and does the job. Sick. All yeah. right, slow cooker people, make some cakes. <laughs> um... If you were reborn, who or what would you like to be? Mm, maybe a cat. I don't what, know. What kind of cat? Maybe a sphinx. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, what inspires you? Um, I think fear inspires me. You know, fear of regret. Um, fear of failure. And yeah. I think fear of failure drives a lot of people. Yeah. Certainly myself. Definitely. Um, last record you played? Last record, like actual record on vinyl. Oh, well, if that's, if, that's on the, if that's on the table, then yes. I think the last vinyl I played was um, when I lived with Sal Townsend. Um, she had the best record collection. I miss her record collection, actually. <laughs> um, and she had a record player, which I don't have one myself. So it was at her house. And it was Daniel Johnston, 7-inch. It was just after he passed away. I put on his 7-inch and listened to that. Lovely. Yeah. Um, Favourite piece of musical equipment? My drums. Now, um, we were looking at your drums beforehand, mm-hmm. and they have a great, what do you call it, a skin over the top? What do you call the... Uh, the finish, I the guess. Finish? Yeah, um, the finish, yeah. Yep. Describe the finish. It's uh, like pink and purple, psychedelic, I guess. It like... What do you call it? Yeah, like a psychedelic swirl that like changes when you move. Um, yeah, I got that put on like 20 years ago. I would probably just get black now. <laughs> but no, I was into that back then, I guess. so good. You, you it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, you know, everyone has got a black drum kit, you know? True. Mix it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of comments on it, so yeah, it is pretty good. It sounds good too. Mm. That's probably all that matters, right? Mm. It'd suck if it sounded shit, but like, but looked, look at it though, it it's so swirly. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last movie you saw? Um, I rewatched The Big Lebowski the other night. One of my faves. Yep. Was there a particular reason why you put on The Big Lebowski? 
Uh, or is it like, is it a comfort movie? Is it something you put on when you're like, oh, I just want to watch that? Like- I think actually it was in the Religious Observance group chat on Facebook. Someone posted a meme um, from it and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put that on now. I just feel like watching it now. So. Awesome. Thanks whoever posted that in that group. I know. Just- I think it was Ringo. Thanks, Ringo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a sick movie. Yeah. I saw it in... Um, in Austin, Texas at the Alamo Draft House and they do like this quote-a-thon thing where like the quotable lines pop up on the screen and like mm-hmm. they give you underwear to throw at that one scene and then like everyone had white Russians and stuff. And oh, like, nice. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real experience. Nice. <laughs> it was like, you know, when you go to like a random town, you're like, oh, the Big Lebowski's playing at the theatre? Yeah, sweet, I'm in. Yeah. Great night. Um, who do you love? Um, I love my mum and dad and I love my cat. I love my cat, Hank. Where is your cat? Is your cat around right now? No, my cat, my cat unfortunately lives with my ex, so he doesn't live with me right now. Maybe soon. You get some visitation uh, rights? Or? Oh, yeah, I go visit him all the time. Yeah, he's the best. I love him. <laughs> uh, I was, well, the next question is, do you have any pets? So I do. I have a Sphinx cat called Hank. Oh, my God. If you came back as a Sphinx cat, maybe you could, like... You know, hang out and be best little we could, cat buds we could together. Be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Are they territorial cats, or like, can they be friendly with each other? If there's no, two sphinxes, they can definitely be friendly with each other. Actually, Ringo from Religious Observance has two sphinx cats, and they're cute as. Did you guys bond instantly over sphinx cats? We did. Yep. <laughs> we send each other sphinx pictures all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Mm. Um, are you useful? Yeah, I think I am. I think so. I hope I am. I think you are too. Yeah. Um, oh, biggest fear. We talked about that earlier. Oh, my biggest fear is probably myself and, um, you know, self-sabotaging and, um, yeah, overthinking, all of that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone. I think everyone listening now is like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. am my own worst enemy a lot of the time. <laughs> totally are. Um, what do you value the most? What I value the most, um, good friendships, good people, good hearts. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, famous last words. Famous last words. Um, any quotes or any, anything you like, anything that resonates with you when you think about like, I don't know, people, people tattoo quotes on themselves a lot. Do you tattoo quotes on people? Any good ones that you've done before? Hmm. Do you do, do you do scripty stuff or, or words? Yeah, I do do some scripts. Um, this is a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. We can skip it if you want. Um, I actually wrote some cheat notes, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Where are yeah. They? Get them but out. I didn't actually write an answer to that one, so. Is yeah, in you were preparing for the lightning round before you came on. I love that. Thank Maybe. You so- <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. Maybe a little bit. Did you, you didn't have anything written down for this one though? No. Oh, well, we'll just skip through Sorry. it. Sorry. Um, anime or Disney? Anime. Ooh, what kind of anime? Mm, I have an actual, I have a whole sleeve of anime, which um, I got, yeah, like about 20 years ago. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not huge into anime these days, but... Um, but it's definitely better than Disney because on your arms. Yeah, so yeah. I don't see like Belle from Beauty and the Beast anywhere. No. That's a big thing as well, Disney tattoos. You don't, ever done any yeah. of those? Um, I have. I've done... Um, who is the... Is it Ursula? The octopus from... What is that Little from? Mermaid. The, is it Little Mermaid? Yeah, the ba- she's like the bad the bad one, you mean. The big, yeah, 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 the big purple thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can tell I'm not into Disney. <laughs> 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 Sorry. 
You know, that big purple one. The big purple thing. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Uh, Autobots or Decepticons? Um, Decepticons? Good. Um, Are you more of a Batman or a Robin? Um, Batman. Why? I don't know. I think everyone just picks Batman because he's sick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, who wants to be the sidekick? (laughs) <laughs> I've raised my hand, listeners. I'm, t- I'm totally a Robin. I could never admit... I, I, I could lie to people, but yeah. I can't lie to myself that I'm not Batman. Okay. I'm definitely a Robin. That's fair enough. Because he's just, you know... Batman's all... And Robin's like, hey, let's have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm into that. <laughs> uh, who's your favourite Ninja Turtle? Oh, I guess probably for the same reason, Michelangelo. Yeah. Because he just wants to have fun, I guess, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, what movie could you watch? This is the new one from Sam. Uh, what movie could you watch every day and not get sick of? Probably The Big Lebowski. Great choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Done. Smash the That's lightning it. round. Um, cool. I'm actually a little bit curious now because I'm thinking about the Disney tattoo thing, which is a total wild thing that started happening in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I want to go back to that mm-hmm. because you're the perfect person to ask for this. Um, like tattooing things from pop culture. That's a really interesting thing that I, being a huge nerd mm-hmm. as I am, I've thought about that a lot of like tattoo. I was like, oh, would I get like a fucking horror movie guy or whatever? Mm. Like growing up, like that was, as a teenage boy, I was like, that's definitely what I would get, like some horror movie shit yep. on my arms. Um, has that, is that still a thing? Has that changed? Are people still getting like Freddy Krueger tattooed on themselves? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Anything pop culture is really cool, actually. Yeah? Yeah. And do you get to do a bit of that stuff yourself or do you... Do you, do you attempt that kind of stuff is that your style do you like doing that kind of stuff yeah i can adapt it into my style for sure yeah mm. i'd be keen to do a lot of that stuff yeah so you do like a traditional style but like with pop culture stuff have you yeah. done a bit of that um not so much but i'd be keen to do a little bit yeah great yeah anyone listening who wants to get up get yeah. on <laughs> bring it on <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so because yeah like i spent a lot of time in like the world of like Comic-Con and nerdy kind of stuff. And there'd be a lot of that where you get people coming in with like full Star Wars sleeves. Oh, absolutely. Or like, yep. you know, and like that's a, that's a huge commitment. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like they're still making those movies and they might end up going bad. And then you've got... I know. It's a gamble, I guess. But <laughs> like, like tattooing a band that's still going as well. It's like, oh man, what if they release a weird album that you don't like? And then how do you... Well, laser. <laughs> Laser's big enough these days. You can get that shit removed easy enough. <laughs> Is that is that a pretty common thing now? And like, I know that like covering up like whole sleeves is a thing now, where people yeah. like black out arms and yep. stuff. Like, do you see any of that coming through the studio as well? Like, yeah, a bunch. Yeah, see a lot of that. Yep. And then, how do you like creatively? How do you work around that? Like, is there is there like rules to blacking out arms, or do you like leave bits, or like is there like what? Or do you just literally just black the whole thing? Yeah, out? it depends on the client, I guess. If they want to work around something, if they want to keep something, yeah, you just work around it. Um, I think it looks kind of cool, actually, like a whole black sleeve. Like, what's the, what's the bass player in Rage Against the Machine's name? He, that was the first time I ever saw that, where, like, you know, yeah, he's not the one that, he's not Tom Morello or Zach De La Roca, Rocha, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, that dude, that was the first time I ever saw that, where it was like, he just had all black with a couple of things, and I was like, whoa, that's wild. Mm. And now people are doing it to just cover up other stuff. Get rid of tattoos, yeah. What about covering up tattoos with new tattoos? Does that happen a lot as well? You do a bit that of that? That happens a lot, yeah. Yep. And it's usually easier if they get a little bit of laser, like one or two sessions of laser first just to lighten it, and then we've got more options than what we can do. But And what are the kind of things that people are covering up? Like what are the things that they're – is it just old tattoos or like 
Bad tattoos. Bit of both. Yeah. Um, a lot of names. There's always names as well, like exes' names and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get to be creative with it? Like, um, didn't Johnny Depp change Winona Forever to Wino Forever? Oh, like, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have, have you ever, <laughs> yeah, have you ever got to awesome. do anything fun like that? Um, nah, nothing, nothing like that, actually. Damn. Yeah, I know. You just need more people willing to tattoo their ex-partner's names on themselves and mm. then, you know, have a, bit, have a bit of fun with it afterwards. Yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. I've waited long enough. I want to talk to you about your acting stuff. All right. Because I'm super excited <laughs> about this. So uh, Mal was telling me that you were on Wentworth as an extra across, was it the whole show? Like, Yeah, still filming now. We're filming season eight at the season moment. Season eight? Yeah, it's been Fuck. going for eight years. But yep. Has it been going consistently for eight years or was there a gap? I feel like there was like, does it, does it, I feel like it was around earlier than eight years ago, right? Or has it only started eight years ago? When did you jump No, it board? started eight years ago. Wow. So it's based on the old Prisoner series from, when was that, like the 70s, the 70s? 80s? Yeah, yeah 70s. Um, so it's like a reimagining of that. Um, with the same characters, but just like a modern day version, I guess. Um, yeah. And then how did you get involved? Like, obviously, you've had a background in drama. You did, yep. you did, you did VCA drama. Yep, I did. <laughs> did that come in handy? Or like, is that, was that something you always were pursuing? Or like, how did, yeah, how did you get on to Wentworth? So I guess I got into extra work through a friend of mine, Ange, who is a, she's a set dresser. And um, she, she called me up one day and she needed some artwork done for an episode of, I think it was City Homicide or one of those shows. Um, she needed a couple of portraits done for the background um, to put on set, and so I did that for her. And then, what she did you do for? Like, what was the set that it was needed for? So, they needed what did they need? Needed portraits um, for something. I can't remember portrait to go on the wall of a house. And then there was a life drawing class. I can't remember. It was ages ago. Um, yeah, I think they needed a portrait from a life drawing class or something like that. So I had to do the artwork for that. And um, then once I'd done that, she said, oh, do you want to be in the episode? Like, do you want to be an extra in the episode? And I hadn't done that before. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And um, so I went in and it was heaps of fun. And so then... Did you get, like, free food and stuff? Like, yeah. Is it, yeah, like, they look catering, after the extras, don't they? Catering's great. Yep. It's all good. And um, then after that, I, yeah, I decided that I wanted to do a bit more of that. So I found an agency... And then just joined the agency and then started doing it. Sick. So fun. So what kind of gigs did you get before? So after City Homicide, before Wentworth, was there any other things that you were in, like peppered in like Australian TV? Um, What did I do? So I think I've done a bit of like Neighbours. Everyone kind of does Neighbours. So you are in Neighbours. I've been in, yeah, a couple of scenes in (laughs) Neighbours. That's amazing. Yeah. Where were you? Were you in like the like? Were you in like a, a Ramsey Street locale that everyone would know? Like, what what was the scene you were in? Recently, I actually did it recently, and I was, funnily enough, I was vis- a visitor in a prison. So I think I feel like I'm being typecast, typecast here. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So you've done neighbours. So I did that, and then um, then I got the call from my agent to ask if I wanted to do. Um, Wentworth and it was going to be an ongoing thing and it's been awesome like yeah I've been in it from season one and I've gone back every year 
it's been great and how long are you there for like how long is like shooting times for like a, a season of a show that must be ages right like yeah so we usually shoot for about six months for a season and then like days can be anywhere between you know four hours and 12 hours or something depending on what they're shooting so big they can be big days um but it's heaps of fun yeah and like what in now <laughs> i have to explain this to listeners I don't watch prison stuff. Mm-hmm. Prison stuff scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like, it just... I think when I was a kid, I saw Escape from Alcatraz, the Clint Eastwood one. Okay. And it just, like, I don't know. Like, um, you know Michael Sarah's character in Arrested Development, how he's scared of prison? He doesn't want to go visit. Yep. Um, I have that same kind of terrifying... Like, I've never seen Shawshank uh. Redemption, never seen Green Mile. Like, anything with prison, I'm like, nah. Okay. So I have not watched Wentworth. All right. But I'm going to watch now because okay. you're in it and I want to watch you in the like floating around. Do you have lines or are you just always floating around in the background? Like, have you ever had any like speaking options? Have you ever stabbed uh, someone? No, I haven't shanked anyone, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> shank. <laughs> the terminology. people in prison. <laughs> we shanked them. Yeah. Um, I've been in heaps of fight scenes and like riot scenes and stuff. It's like a few drug deals and that kind of stuff. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> we usually get to yell a bunch of like swear words and stuff we get to yell a lot and um abuse each other and stuff um and like does your character have a name like do you have a backstory like is your has anyone in the in the in the production no. been like this is your character this is why you're in prison for like, have you created a backstory for your own character no i should have but i haven't really i was in one episode they i was supposed to have a line well it wasn't really a line i was supposed to say yep pretty much and they ended up cutting it oh so no. i didn't even get that but um i was featured anyway and i was in the credits as basketball prisoner so i guess that's my name basketball prisoner <laughs> yeah that's a good hashtag my we claim can start to fame. I'll, I'll put it on the instagram for this episode i reckon sweet basketball prisoner thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so it's a six-month shooting time, but you're not there every day for six months, though, right? Or not are every you? day. Like, no. So there's a call sheet, and you just get like your or are you there for a week, or like how's where, where is it shot? Is it shot in actual prison somewhere? No, it's shot out in Newport. Um, they have the sets all built out there. Cool. Yeah, um, and it can be anywhere between like one day a week to maybe three or four, depending on what they're shooting at the time. Cool. Yeah. And then how does that work with tattooing? Do you just say, "Hey, I can't tattoo today because I'm going to go be a, I'm going to go be basketball." Prisoner. Yeah, my bosses are really. I'm really lucky. They're really um, flexible with what I do, and um, my clients are. I always, if I'm filming, I always just give them a heads up that you know, I might get called up to do this. Is that okay with you? If I need to change your appointment, everyone's always been really awesome about it. So yeah, yeah, it's good. That's wild. Mm. And. I guess it's such a great thing because like it's like Orange is the New Black, which I have watched a little bit of because that's not scary prison. That's like colourful prison. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's like, I can handle this. But then yeah. when you get into like Oz territory. Or Oz, like, man, see, I nah. love that show. Nah. And I know it's got, it's got a great cast and there's so many fucking great <laughs> so actors in it. Good. And yep. so many times you're like, oh, that guy, he, where's he from? Oh, he started on Oz. Of course he did because it's like yep. one of those Six Feet Under, yeah. you know, one of those shows where it's like all the little supporting cast it's always sick. go on to do great things. Yeah, I've actually got the whole collection. <laughs> I love that show. It's funny, like, when I got called up to do this, I, I started watching Oz, like, just to watch the extras in the background and, like, yeah. get some ideas on, like, what are they doing? Like, you know. Well, that's right. Like, what are you usually doing in the background? Like, are you, like, in the little cafeteria area or you all in, like, little cells? Like, what, what do you, like, what do you, what do um, you do? So a lot of the time we're in the yard. 
um, just like <laughs> exercising or like yeah, playing basketball. Um, shiving people. Shiving people sometimes. Because there's a lot yeah. of Mal's told me there's a lot of action in Wentworth. You know, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. people getting offed and stuff. You know, like yeah, happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're always just around as someone's getting shanked, just or lurking riding in the or... background. Yep, yep, or um, yelling. <laughs> yelling stuff and then like what happens like you know like do you have like hair and makeup done at the start of the day and then they like check on you or when you're an extra do they just like you just stand Um, around like not so much when you're an extra you usually just go i do my makeup myself and they they check you in the morning to make sure that you you know you've taken all your jewelry out all that kind of thing and then they take photos of you through the day to make sure that you haven't changed anything uh yeah wild Mm, it's good way to make a living you know yeah it's so fun but um from that i actually ended up um getting into a bit of set dressing stuff as well cool which was really interesting too to see that side of it on on wentworth specifically or i didn't in different do stuff? any on wentworth but i um ended up tattooing one of the set dresses from wentworth and then um got into it through him and we did a bit of work on the hamish and andy um show what was that um a true story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a bit of work on that. And, and so what is that, for, for the listeners, what does that entail, being a set dresser? Like, what are you doing? So you just have to go to the location and basically, yeah, dress the set. Like, um, you need to set it up like, um, you know, like a, just say one of the characters is like a 16-year-old girl or something like that and you have to like set up a bedroom of a 16-year-old girl. So, you know, you've got to research into like what a 16-year-old girl would be into and just like, yeah, dress it up to look like that. Oh, and um, it's so hard to like nail that authenticity so many times. Like yeah. it was a really good, it was like a hard times post that was like... Aerosmith shirt good enough for art department for punk or something yeah 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 and it's like totally right like some dude up the top's like yeah that'll be fine Aerosmith and it's like yeah. what that's <laughs> not legit yeah um and I, I find that really funny and I totally get nitpicky about that stuff in like movies especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like oh anything like when people are playing like game and the controls aren't even plugged in or they're not turned on yeah, and you're like yeah or like people are playing with games and they're just like mashing all the buttons they're like Do you, have you ever played a video game before ever dude in this movie or whatever like that really bugs me yeah so it's like it's good to know that you are doing your research on what a 16 year old girl's room should look like because otherwise some idiot set dress is gonna just put up like a crap poster that's and it like, exactly it's gonna be so inauthentic is that yep. a word um, not genuine whatever it's, it's you can see straight through it it's bullshit yeah <laughs> <laughs> so is that something you're gonna keep like looking into doing as well or is that just kind of when the when the calls come that's um, fun yeah i wouldn't mind doing a bit more of that yeah it's definitely fun interesting as well see the other side of it yeah yeah and we're in this lovely room of yours which you said you haven't been here very long but you've mm-hmm. dressed this set very well yeah i surrounded myself with things that i like yeah it's comfy like if i walked in here and this was a tv set i'd be like yeah this looks exactly like someone like andrea's house would look like awesome i've done the job (laughs) (laughs) maybe you can add this to your you know resume or something take some photos this is a this is a photo of someone who drums in some sweet metal bands and (laughs) cowbell Cowbell. oh yeah there's a cowbell on the mantelpiece i made a christmas tree out of my drum kit I (laughs) i stacked it up and i put tinsel on it and that was actually at the top of the drum kit as like you know the the star i guess at the top yeah. that's lovely the cowbell. 
Yeah, and then I had to like pack it up after Christmas because I needed to play it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to practice, but my kit's a tree. It's at the Christmas moment, so. time. I can't. Mm. It just needs some kind of Christmas tree. Yeah, mm. that's fantastic. You know, you don't need to cut down a tree. Everyone's got enough stuff in their house know, to stack into it. a nice pyramid-shaped cone. Yep. Drum kit's really good for that, though. Really, that's yeah. really ingenious, actually. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, just, I'm very distracted by that thought now. Has you got pictures I, of that? I do, actually, yeah. I would like to see those I, pictures. I can't take all the credit. I did steal the idea off a drummer friend of mine. He did it first, and I liked the idea. So That's all, all good ideas yeah. come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I think we've literally covered everything I wanted to talk about with you. Oh, what have you got for an hour? Holy shit. Um, speaking of drums... Not when they're being trees, but when they're being kits. When did you first pick up your first <laughs> drum kit? You know, you were interested in art, you were doing all those other things. Your brother yep. was into Pantera. Like, when mm. did you first play drums? Um, okay, so I started trying to play guitar first. Um, and again, through my brother. It was one of his friends that I had a crush on. And he was a guitar teacher. So I, that's probably why I started having lessons, because I had a crush on him. And anyway, I didn't do very well with the guitar. Was it because you were distracted by the cute boy? Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have had another teacher. But um, anyway, um, it wasn't for me. And then um, a couple of friends uh, were playing. Um, one of my, yeah, my best friend at the time played guitar. Uh, she played guitar and bass. And then another friend of ours played guitar. And they wanted to jam and they needed a, a drummer. So I just started taking lessons um, back then. And uh, So like at what age were you at this point where all these girls were in a band? That sounds awesome. Uh, this was, was pretty late actually. It was probably like maybe 17 or 18 or something like that. Yeah. And I started having lessons so we could just like jam in the in the garage. <laughs> we never really did too much with it, but we, you know, we had some fun jamming and stuff like that. Yeah, we were actually, uh, friends of mine were having a conversation about this last night, that the, the art of jamming is almost kind of lost in this day and age. Um, uh, that, you know, it's all about these days that you get a little thing and you pull the tab off the thing or you read an ad in the pa- like in the little thing or yep. a rehearsal space you see. A thing. You know, it's less about yep. your mates getting together and doing a jam. Like there's yeah. something kind of special about that, even if it doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, it's still fun. Yeah. And what kind of stuff were you jamming? Like what were you listening to at the time that, w- that was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do it? Um, so back then um, I was, yeah, my friend was showing me stuff like um, Sebado and um, shellac and slint and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was into all of that back then. And then it's just gradually gotten heavier and heavier over the years. And, yeah. It was a bit of a gateway, a bit of a gateway music it drug. It definitely was, yeah. And then how did it get heavier? Like, what was the kind of progression to now? Like, at the moment, listeners, there's uh, some flags up. There's an obituary flag. There's a psychotic mm-hmm. flag. Yep. Sleep poster. Oh, that's a, that's a really nice sleep one there as well it's so, good that <laughs> so how did it get how did it get to that kind of stuff there's some brutal there's some brutal shit there yeah um i gradually just progressed i guess um and obviously getting lessons off dave and also um rob brens as well um 
yeah, a lot of the influences, you know, come from from him and just friends that I've met, you know, over the years. And also, um, yeah, Sal Townsend, my old housemate, um, she introduced me to a lot of new stuff as well. So, yeah, just finding new stuff through different friends. And you're always looking that's always good as well like there's a lot of people that just switch off mm. when they get to a certain point where they're like yeah no i've just found all the music i like nah. and you're like oh no i can't do it's an that. endless search it's an endless search never gonna stop looking exactly i think someone once told me it was like you might not have ever heard your favorite band yet yeah and i was like oh fuck and then ever since then i've yeah the search has never stopped because it's yeah. like what if there's shit out there that i don't know there is and i'm people, sure yeah people are just switching off like no nah, i just listen to the radio now and you're no, like what no it's like people that don't travel that don't go anywhere i don't understand that i really don't it's, yeah yeah the people it's, just stay in the same place yeah. it's a comfortability thing isn't it same with music same with food same with others it's just Probably. like no nah, i know the things i like it's yeah like, yeah but there's, there's yeah. other stuff out there yeah speaking of travel you said with the card you want to do a bit more overwater travel mm-hmm. where have you been where do you want to go um i i've only been to the states once uh, went over a few years ago for Psycho Las Vegas. That was sick. Who, who played? Who played at that Psycho? Ah, uh, who played at that? Um, so Carcass played. Um, who else played? Cult of Luna played. I think High on Fire. I don't know. Like so many bands to mention. Um, and yeah, that was my first time to the states. And um, then just went to LA for a few days. So. I need to go back and see a lot more of that. I want to go to some more. Basically, I I kind of um, base all my trips on what festivals I want to go to. So I really want to go to, like, Austin Terror Fest and, um, yeah, like heaps more festivals. I went to – I was working in Wales um, a couple of years ago at a friend's tattoo shop over there and how long were you in wales for i was in wales for about a month um working yeah at a friend's tattoo shop and um then i was kind of back and forth to london i went to desert fest in london and then i ended up going to Hellfest as well after Whoa. that which was sick <laughs> so good so yeah so you want to travel you want to see some bands yeah fucking oath yep that should be that should be the goal for everyone right it's the priority yeah <laughs> see some stuff while you're there but also see some rad bands mm, that's <laughs> it yeah it's wild like the lineups for those like festivals not in australia mm, where it's just like holy shit all these bands are in one place you just go and like it's not that expensive and it's not like yeah. a whole deal it's just like mm. they get they're so spoiled over there those bastards they are i know and it's so far to travel to come out to australia so you know mm. it's nice to go overseas and see everyone in one place at once so mm. very much so so what else is, so like where else would you like to go is there anywhere else anything else that would tick off that on that bucket list because you've got to think of, this is this is the year with this card you know you've got to start I thinking know. about this stuff um <laughs> i really want to go to norway i want to go yeah back to the states um really anywhere i don't care i just want to see more of the world um, and I, I would really like to do more traveling with um, the bands and stuff as well. Hopefully we get to do, um, I think, religious observance are planning to do some interstate stuff this year and maybe some stuff overseas. So, like, yeah, that would be ideal. What yeah. a fantastic gateway to mm. travel by being in a band and, like, having a sick time doing that. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good deal. You yeah, You don't best. get much out of the deal, you know, when it comes to, like, 
fame or money or anything like that yeah. being in bands these days. But if you can get some travel, that's you know, a trade off. Yeah, mm, for sure. Definitely. Sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what else do you reckon we could talk about? Feeling pretty good. Yeah, what, is there um, anything else we haven't we haven't scratched I off this thing? What's on your notes? What did I have? What have you, you pre prepared <laughs> for this podcast? I, I love that you pre prepared. I tried. Means a lot. Enough, but so anyway, so so twenty twenty is going to be a big year for you. Mm-hmm. Band, you're back in. You're back in the band zone after mm-hmm. all this time. Like, like, t- how's it feel to just be back in that? Like, are you just stoked? Yeah, super focused. I just like this is definitely what I wanted to do, and I feel like I have a lot of time to make up for. Like all those years that I stopped playing is, uh, I don't want to say a regret because that's kind of you know regret is like a bit of a wasted emotion. So, um, yeah, I you know I wish I had have kept playing, but I didn't. So now I'm back into it, and I'm, yeah, just making up for lost time and trying to. Um, push it as far as I can yeah yeah and I guess you're right regret is a is a kind of wasted emotion mm. I think we all kind of deal with that a lot I've certainly dealt with that in my past I'm like why yeah. was I fucking doing that thing I love doing for yeah. years you know and then yeah. you get back in and you're like but maybe you needed that time and maybe if you force yourself through it the whole time exactly that drum kit wouldn't be around anymore you exactly. know you would have sold it off because you were over it and you never would have gone back you know yep. so maybe it's better that you're back now mm-hmm. you're doing your thing yeah it's worked out for the best yeah. yeah and what about Wentworth are you going to get killed off at some point or do you reckon you'll just I stick think- around as long as the show does I hope I stick around. I'm a yeah. I think I'm a lifer. I'm stuck there. So I think I've got like. You're in your backstory of your character is that she's got life and she's just not yep. going anywhere. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, that's great to know. You know, <laughs> some stability in that. I know. <laughs> stability in the. I think we talked about that before in Orange Is the New Black. Where I was getting onto that is like, what a great gig that would be if you got on that show because you're like, yeah, I'm in prison. Like, unless you're getting paroled, like, yeah, that's you're it. in that show. You're always there. That's what they said from the beginning. Like, this is going to be a long-term thing, so... You Did know, you have to like, sign a contract to be there for, like, a bunch of seasons? Or was it just, like, no, they expected you to come back? And then no, they... Yeah, they just... I mean, they'll always ask you if you want to come back. And I'm always like, yeah, I'll come back. And that's great, because what that does is it provides such great continuity for the show. Mm, in yeah. that it's like there's that legacy that you're always floating around in the yeah, background yep. playing basketball and stuff. Definitely, yep. And people... It's amazing. Like, people actually notice the same faces in the background they really do I didn't realise they did but yeah have you ever been recognised from the show yeah a few times yeah actually yeah and who I know, were the people that recognised you uh, just like, like people in the tattoo shop yeah or? people that have come into the tattoo shop and stuff like that yeah and I know like some of the extras actually have like fan clubs and that kind of thing they have like proper fans and stuff it's like wow that's insane yeah that is yeah kind of insane yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey but if they're doing a good job you know someone's Finding appreciation of that. That's, you know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> great. All right. Well, good luck with everything this year. Sounds like it's going to be a great year. Thank Don't worry you. about not playing the drums for a while. That's fine. Yeah. So there's heaps of people that are thinking about maybe picking up those drumsticks again after this episode. I hope, good. I hope that's the case. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's heaps of fun. All right. We're back, guys. We're doing a post ramble with Andrea because we were just we were just chatting and it was really good. And I'm like, fuck this. This should be on the recording as well. So we're going to potentially just pretend we never had this conversation we're just gonna have it fresh again are you ready mm-hmm. um uh i think the reason why wh- wh- why it was really exciting for me to have you on the show is because you know you are female in the scene mm-hmm. i know this thing i listeners i'm sorry that i bring this up a lot but it's you have to kind of bring it up and you kind of don't want to bring it up but it's really great to see 
you know, girls getting up there on stage. When you were talking about before, like, I just wanted to, like, be up there. It's yeah. like, nothing should be stopping you from doing that, you no, know? No, exactly. But I feel like there is that barrier, you know, being being a, a girl in the scene, you know? Yeah, sometimes, you know, it can be a little intimidating, but, um, you know, once you're, yeah, once you're up there, it's just, like, the biggest thrill. And I, I am noticing a lot more... Um, women getting in the scene these days and playing in bands and it's sick it's really good to see you know? yeah. yeah so if yeah. you're helping in your own little way by pushing that forward and making people feel more comfortable at shows and not feeling like it's a total fucking dude fest which let's be honest in metal has <laughs> kind of been the case since the dawn of time you know yeah. like and whether or not it's you know it's, it's I think it's a mix of a lot of things as you would imagine like you know uh, and as kind of society shifts and things change and tattoo styles evolve mm. you know we're all kind of just being like oh yeah it's cool and I, I've noticed you know since me being like a 15 year old kid going to metal shows to me now it's like yeah the the, the split seems to be a lot more even now which is really yeah, exciting absolutely yeah and it is the same with tattooing like I remember when I first started I would get so many um, guys coming in saying like can I speak to one of the tattooists you know and I would be like yeah that's you know me and they always thought that I was just the shop girl yeah like yeah nine times out of ten they thought I was the shop girl and and then maybe one time out of ten they thought they knew you from Wentworth so that was oh that was before (laughs) Wentworth but yeah yeah (laughs) so it's good so you're seeing a positive shift in the in the culture around I guess alternative culture music tattoos yeah like that yeah it's great it's really good to see yep that split and you know if there's any chicks that you know see me at a show and want to come up and speak to me like please come up and have a chat i'm more than happy to chat to you yeah 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 fucking excellent all right good feel like we've covered that all right i don't have to feel like i felt i would feel weird if i was gonna have this conversation as a post ramble by myself and then just be like andrea said this and blah, 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 <laughs> i'm mansplaining the fucking post ramble which we can't we can't have we're not having it in 2020 it's a new year it's a very exciting time so awesome. again thank you so much for coming on andrea My I, pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time no problem thank you All right, hey, welcome to uh, Post Ramble, Post Post Ramble this time. Um, you got it, you know, come on. I had to I had to keep that bit in, that was too interesting. Um, anyway, welcome to the Post Ramble. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for all the nice messages I've been getting from people. It's been really cool. Um, it's really hard to know who I'm reaching or who is actually listening. Um, Podbean can only give me so much information. Um, and it's really nice to hear people who are listening to the show that I had no idea were listening. Like people like Greg, who's been listening to every episode. I appreciate you listening, buddy. Fuck yeah. He's my tech lord, my tech genius. Anytime I need help with anything, Greg's the man. So thank you so much for listening, Greg. And Mr. Kelly as well, running into you at the kebab shop. <laughs> the best kebab shop in Geelong was made all the sweeter, telling me that you were listening to the show and you also really enjoyed it as well, man. So thank you so much. Um, everyone who's been sending messages or posting it as an Instagram story or just being up the podcast in whichever way you are, it means a lot. And it's definitely growing, listeners. Like, your help, your word of mouth is making the listens jump every episode. They get bigger and bigger. And it's really cool. It's really cool to start this thing and think, oh, I don't know how long I can keep this up for or how long I'll be interested in it. But the more and more I hear feedback from people and the more I get messages from people and the more like the more people follow me on Instagram that's it it's yeah it's 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 blown my mind so um thanks everyone for being part of this fun little cookie family 
Um, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, this episode was really cool to do with Andrea because Andrea is just someone that I just started seeing like almost all of a sudden and then instantly we just got on really well and I was just like, oh, sick, you totally got to come on the podcast for a fucking tattooist. I've never had a tattooist on before. You drum in fucking sick bands. Um, so we tried to tear this up for a while. But what was cool was that with that kind of context of like, hey, I'm Rory, I do a podcast. Um, Andrea would would message me after episodes, like after the Rob Allen episode and things like that. So from like a little while back, Andrea was already like, sick show, man. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be cool when you come on, right? <laughs> With maybe some hesitation, but I'm glad we did the podcast and I'm glad uh, Andrea could tell her story and talk about her things. I thought that was really sick. So like, yeah, Andrea being already aware of the show and listened to a couple of episodes um, it was really cool to have someone on who kind of understood the framework of it. I think it was uh, much more easy to... I think it was just easier to have someone on who knows the style, you know, who knows the vibe, who knows that maybe the stories won't end um, pr- correctly uh, and maybe I'll come back to it later, maybe I won't, maybe we'll just totally forget about it. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that made the whole thing a little bit more comfortable. But it was funny, off mic, um, I don't think it made it into the podcast, Andrew talked about how hard it is to talk about yourself, you know, like... If you're one that's not uh, totally up for the spotlight, not necessarily, you know, like Andrew wants to be up on stage and playing bands, but I don't know if she necessarily wants to have a microphone pointed in her face for an hour. Um, so I, I really appreciate uh, someone like Andrew still coming on the show and like being fantastic. Um, not only a fantastic guest, a fantastic host. Um, we got uh, gifts, which was so lovely. Uh, Andrea had some cute little stickers and a, and a nice art print, to which I've already slapped those stickers on everything. And I've already uh, got big plans to put that print in a, in a big, cool frame, like an ornate frame. It deserves something kind of special. It's a, it's like a, it's a Sphinx cat, which as you know now, she's a big fan of, and it's like looking really brutal. And there's like inverted crucifix in it. That's a sick art print. Um, if there is a link, which I'm sure there would be for Andrew to sell it, these online somewhere, I'll put a link in the podcast so you guys can, um, you guys can check it out. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put down in here, link to store. So that way, uh, there is a link if you follow the link via uh, the text bit. You know the text bit that no one ever reads? And I'm like, does anyone read these? But then when you look on Spotify, fuck man, they're like, it's right there. <laughs> so I was like, oh fuck, I probably should put something better in them. So I've started using the same quote from the card that I put on Instagram that I think kind of says something about the episode. Um, if you're wondering what that is, yeah, that's from the card. That's from whatever the guest has said at the start of the episode. But I think sometimes it's really good to context well, I guess frame with context the episode itself. Maybe it's something that I find a bit universal for everyone, you know? Maybe it's something that I find in myself, but I pick something from that whole slab of text and I, I put, pull it out and go, you know, that's what I feel like this episode is either about, whether that's where I'm at or that's where the guest is at. And I also think that's what might look cool on Instagram, you know? <laughs> if you stumble across it before you listen to the show, maybe you'd be like, hmm, that's kind of deep. It's not really. It kind of is. I don't know. I'm hoping that it all adds to the mythology of this show, which is growing, which is kind of fun. Like, the lightning round stuff is fun. Every time a guest comes on, I'm going to take an idea or something from that episode and pull it into the lightning round. And I think for this one, there was a lot of talk about overseas travel. So I plan from now on in the lightning round, there will be a question about, you know, where's a place that you'd most like to go in the world or something. That would be a good one. And I think if that pushes other people to start thinking about where they want to go, it might give some people who are listening some cool ideas of places where to go. You know, like a guest says something or you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, that's a pretty cool place, actually. Maybe I can put that in my itinerary now as well, you know. So 
That's a cool, that's a cool little uh, Andrea legacy that's going to be left behind on top of the stickers that cover my podcast casing now of hers. So yeah, go to the store, buy some stuff. Um, I also did a tarot reading for Andrea because we were talking about it kind of before the show. And it's like, do you actually read tarot? And I was like, no, but I'm starting to figure it out. Um, I've devised my own <laughs> structure for the tarot reading. So listeners who actually are woo-woo and into tarot, I'm totally fucking it up. But it's fun because I feel like, you know, uh, fuck rules. I, I haven't followed rules my whole life. <laughs> well, I mean, I love rules. Anyone who knows me knows that I actually do love rules. But when it comes to rules of tarot, like, fuck, you can't tell me how to read tarot. I'll read tarot, you know. So we did a reading and it was really good. And, you know, based on the information that I had learned about Andrea throughout the podcast and getting friendlier and closer to her, the reading seemed to have a lot of power behind it, a lot of meaning. So guests coming on the show in future, if you do want to get your tarot read afterwards, we'll do that. It'll be fun, you know. It's no more woo-woo then you, you know you're already in the room you're already doing it you know let's like let's if you're gonna get wet in the tarot world let's go swimming you know let's swim in tarot so guests future guests if that's what you want or previous guests or people that uh, haven't been on the show and just know me just hit me up I'll, I'll tarot you for sure it'll be fun they're always in my bag and that's not a, uh, it's kind of a bit of an affectation but i mean it's usually because I'm, my laptop's in my bag and my work stuff and i like to just have them on me so they're always around <laughs> If my laptop is with me, oh man, I got this new laptop, it's so fucking good. Um, the ability to edit these podcasts, like out and about, doing just whatever, and you can edit the podcast. What a luxury that I'm living in in the 20th century, um, having a laptop. But, um, anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Um, tarot cards, laptop, oh, my laptop is fucking sweet. Anyway, um, oh, I also really liked that, that Andrew had notes prepared, so... She listened to a couple of episodes and I guess she was preparing herself like like she said, it is hard to talk about yourself sometimes. So she had prepared some notes, which was sick. I love that, that I'm at a point now, I think I can call myself a journalist or something. I'm a professional in some world because uh, she knows what the score was and she was a little bit prepared, which is, I like that. I like that there's been a bit of like, well, I'm gonna do my research on this show, which means more listens, which means maybe one day I'll be able to like make a little bit of money off this thing maybe it won't cost me money to do that's the dream we'll work towards uh it just me breaking even you know that'll be fun anyway um yeah so i'm stoked that andrea is a listener there are a lot of you now listeners people you know and fuck if i haven't got to you yet or if i messaged you a while ago and you're listening to the show and you're like we talked about doing a podcast a while ago it's like hit me up man i'm just busy and i forget and there's so many people i'd love to have on the show um, and I'd love to do more of them, you know. This is something that was something I would like to do once a week, maybe even twice a week. If there's listeners, if they're coming in and they, they're, they're willing to do, you know, two to four hours with Rory a week, like, fuck, let me know. We'll sort it out. We'll, we'll do them and, and we can have more guests on and we can do more interesting stuff. More questions will be added to the lightning round. More of the mythology will be built around this show. And, um, yeah, I really liked how Andrew talked about, like, you know, pe- seeing people in the scene, you know, and being like, I know that person, but maybe I don't know them. Maybe this is it, guys. I've, we've talked about it a bit in the last couple of episodes. Maybe this is it. If you see someone on the street that you know from shows or something, maybe just say hi. They're probably going to be really nice to you, and you're going to be really nice back. It's like when you're in that scenario, like, you know, when you're at, um, I don't know. There's something about metal with that, you know? Like, you're somewhere and someone's wearing a heavy metal shirt, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah talk to that guy you know like it's uh, it's an instant way to know that they're probably going to be a good dude so um yeah yeah that's pretty fun um i hope you guys are really enjoying the show if you have any feedback hit me up at fuck you tarot lady on instagram um 
yeah, and, and, and help be a part of the show. Have a lightning round question or I don't know, something. I think I've already asked people to do that before and I haven't got one yet. So, you know, if you're the first person, if you're like, if you're sitting there listening right now, you're like, yeah, I didn't do that last episode because I was, you know, cooking or driving or I didn't really care to think to do that. Hit me up at Fuck You Tara Lady on Instagram. Send me a message and uh, tell me what the lightning round question should be. <laughs> give me one and I'll, 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 call, I'll give you a shout out. Um, yeah, good times. All right, cool. Anyway, I think, this is, I think I've rambled enough. I think this is enough of a ramble. But uh, I hope... You're really enjoying the show. I hope you're learning a lot. Um, and I thank you so much for welcoming me into your car or house or wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now. I really appreciate it. I hope you're having a great week. Um, can't wait to bring you the next episode. Things are going really good. Thank you so much. See ya.